0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Jeff Sammons from HouseWorks and Delmore from Affordable Solution 601 is out this week. But today on the program, we welcome back our friend Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies to help out for the hour as we answer your home improvement questions. We're back from the Thanksgiving holiday, but there's no time to rest, of course, because we got to get ready for Christmas, right? A little later in the show, we'll hear from, uh, Brett Brenner from the Electrical Safety Foundation International about what you should know before you string up your holiday lights. Uh, but we want to hear from you also. Join the conversation this morning at 877. 877- That's 877-672-7464, or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, Java, should I go straight to the phone or talk to the fellas? All right, let's go ahead and talk to Jerry on uh, line one. What's going on, Jerry? Good morning. I have a
1: question about a gas heater, please. Yes, sir. I have a house that was built in 1939. Still has the original gas heater. I don't know the last time that it was used. How do you think it's likely that it's safe to use? And what do I have to do to make sure that it is safe?
0: Gentlemen,
2: start your engines. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, 1939. I'm not. Is this a is this a floor furnace? Uh,
1: No, it's a it's a gas space heater it's a large
0: one that's built
3: into sort of a fireplace a mantle oh okay, okay. yeah wall in the wall Yeah. yeah
0: that's right man well, i know, think you should spray paint it and uh leave it alone i yeah. mean
3: what what it can, it can really go wrong with that
2: uh, i mean it could have i mean if it's a space heater, like a gas heater and it's got a little heat exchangers in there you know or if it's like one of those little great ones you know right? right? it's got the little you know White grates on it, right. you know. You can't much oh, happen yeah, to yeah, those. Yeah, that's, that ceramic. Yeah, can't much happen though. ceramic. That's the word I was looking for. But maybe I mean, clean it. Maybe clean it. Clean it. And start it up, man. I mean, that's one of those things. You got a pilot tube on there. It's probably going to need to be
3: cleaned and all that. Um, now, is that is that vented or non-vented? It's non-vented. Non-vented. Wow. Nineteen thirty-nine non-vented. Nineteen thirty-nine <laughs> non-vented.
2: I ain't gonna lie, man. I don't know if I trust it. I mean, I, uh, I'm normally one of those guys that said his old, hang on to it. But right. that's. That's old man. I mean, could, this did, is like I, I didn't even know like they made a non-vented heater or something. So, uh, well, Jerry, um, that's what, <laughs> I mean, that's look, it's an antique, you know. I mean, do you, think that a,
1: do you think that a plumber with a, a gas certificate could take a look at it for me and tell me if it?
2: Yeah, I mean, he should be able to. You know, I mean, he can check the gas flow th- coming through it and all that so to make sure everything's good. Yeah, I mean, is it one of those leak. ceramic ones or is it like? Well, I mean, can, um, can you explain it to it-
0: me?
1: It, it's actually made of metal. It looks sort of like brass. Uh, I'm familiar with the ceramic ones you're talking about, and it doesn't look like that. It's a lot bigger,
0: and, Like lot taller.
2: It, it's a lot taller. Mm. Uh, that's going to have heat exchangers in it, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. And man, I mean that—that's something I would definitely get checked out before I did. Because if it's got a heat exchanger in it, it can cause carbon monoxide problems.
3: Okay.
2: You know, and that's—that's mm. that's something you don't want to wake up dead. Right. <laughs>
0: Let's try not to wake up dead, folks. Yeah. All right, uh, welcome to Fix It One Hundred and One. I'm glad you could join this morning. How is everybody this morning, man? I'm great. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I could yeah. I could be better this morning. You could be better. I could, Why is I that? Man, with no. just you know office problems, you know, yeah. and, and all that stuff. Things happen. I it does. Hey, uh,
0: so so, what did you guys? Did you guys have to fix anything around the house for the holidays? The wife uh, get you on any uh, errands there? Timmy? Well,
2: she, uh, you know, she she tried to uh, get me to do this. uh this digital antenna mm-hmm. on our Deer Camp trailer. Oh. And
0: I still hadn't done it, yet. You know, I was looking wow. at uh I don't antennas. watch TV at Deer Come Camp, on, man. Now. I'm in the woods. Right. That's so, a good point. And Jeff says, if you go to the woods, why would you watch TV? Well, true. he's probably watching yeah. it on his phone. Right. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, how about you? Did you get to work
3: on anything? Or, or order someone to work on something? No, I, I, I think everything was working properly. I don't think we worked on anything. What good's a handyman show if nothing's broken? Well, true. Mm -hmm. And we did cook stuff. um, Laid around. Nothing exciting. Sounds Man, great. I've got a.
2: So, uh, I made fifty four pounds of deer burger, and I found wow. a new way to do it, dude. It's awesome. I hate to get.
0: <laughs> it. We'll have to get you on Deep South Dining on Monday. <laughs> Man,
2: it'll be fine. I just I, I don't want
0: to give it up on, on the radio.
2: Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah
3: I'll I, give it I, privately. That's really. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> give
2: it to me. Give it to me.
0: All right. So we're talking this morning about uh, what's going on in your home, and you know it's uh, it's uh, it got really cold. Yes. We're we're on the tail end of that little cold snap. It's about to be seventy eight degrees this this next T-shirts. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> so if you want to go swimming, next Saturday, sure. Yeah. I might go hunting. Right, um, but that is what we're dealing with today because there's a lot going on. One of the questions we got online, I wanted to tell you about Timmy. Here we go. It is. Uh, Sorry, the question that we got online that I wanted you guys to to really look for today was: I may have missed this, but what is your opinion on closing the crawl space vents for the winter? I've read conflicting advice, and I enjoy your show, Candy and Tupelo, What do you guys think?
2: If you're gonna ask me, okay, right, it's not something that I would recommend in the winter time because that is our rainy season. Mm-hmm. Right? Rainy season. If you got water that seeps into the crawl space and you uh-huh. close it all off, now you just made a big old mold. Nice greenhouse. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a good idea. Okay. You, know, and, uh, you know, I mean, you don't want to close off something that is made to get air. I mean, your house needs it. fresh air coming through it all the time. Right. Summertime. Me and you know Jeff was talking about this a while ago. You can close it or you know completely seal it in the summertime, mm-hmm. and then put a what they call a, a low tent dehumidifier in it, and that's going to help pull the moisture out. Right. You know, and uh, ultimately, you know, keep the mold and ductwork from sweating and, you, uh-huh. know, get, get, you know, getting all nasty and stinking, and smelly. There. You know,
3: really and truly, I think why why we have this question mm-hmm. is related to a utility bill. Yeah. That's, that's, what do you mean? That's what, how, that's what I'm guessing. Trying to save money on on utilities. If I seal it off, my, my home will stay warmer. Yeah. Um, it's not conditioned. It's that's not conditioned. right. So – Really and truly, my opinion is not to seal it. You're not going to save that that much money, and and the potential of doing damage is higher is much greater than the money that you're going to save. All oh, right. So you ever notice, you know,
2: that Jeff always has this awesome way to put things. You know, just the the words he uses, Jeff, and the phrases. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. he's Jeff. Man, just, keep, keep man. on,
3: Timmy. I'm not even sure I'll be able to fit through the door. His <laughs> right. head, his head's going <laughs> to go like... swell up somehow. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, here's another email. Had a Thanksgiving plumbing problem. Of course. This is uh, just, a, of on. course. Excellent. All right, I've heard that the day after Thanksgiving is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. Probably. Probably. And that would make a whole lot of sense. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that, from Turkey's I Turkeys going about insane. that. That's what, that's what Mr. Warren here says. Uh, other than renting a porta potty... <laughs> Are there any other preventive measures for plumbing prior to large family gatherings? Wow.
2: You know, the, the one thing, you know, a lot of people, you know, one is, you know, toilets and stuff. You know, got a lot of people going in and out and, yeah, out, yeah, and yeah. out. That's probably one thing. But I can see that on the biggest part of it because, I mean, you know, you get done with this big old turkey and the plates and all this stuff and all that food settles down in the bottom of the yeah, thing. Yeah. People have disposals. <laughs> you know, you use the disposal. Yeah. That is the world's worst thing for your plumbing system. Sure. Period.
0: Right, and I can vouch for that one. You know, get way to say, did you get that on tape, Java? We're gonna need to play that one back over and over and over.
2: <laughs> I mean, it is it's, you get Disposals all the, are the worst thing for plumbing. Yeah, you got all the grease and you got all that food, and it sits in your P trap. And man, mm-hmm. that stuff just cakes down in there. It goes to sit down there in the Y where it makes a turn going into the sewer system,
0: and it just sits there. I mean, it's just just a bad, bad idea. So and also, I can understand why. Wow! So wait a minute. I mean, really, I I I know you guys don't know that a revelation just happened, Did right? <laughs> but but that uh, that garbage disposal thing, yeah. that meant something to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: look, I, I mean, I I never really thought about it. I ain't gonna lie. I uh-huh. used mine not too long ago, and I had to call a buddy of mine. His name's Eddie, and uh, he's like, "Dude, why do you use this thing?" Yeah. Because like, it, it grinds it, up crap, it, man. It, <laughs> it's, it's not, uh, it's not uh, a good idea. Yeah, this
3: is some Tim Allen kind uh, of stuff, you know, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't a, know who came up with a garbage disposal anyway. Yeah. It's just not... It doesn't dispose all. You've got a garbage can. You guys are hurting
0: my feelings. You really, really? are because... So, Man, it's, look!
3: It's a it's a
0: it's a point of pride. Yeah. It on the garbage disposal, look, you don't just buy that little cannon-looking one. You want the one sure. that looks like a bazooka. Yeah. I want the six so horsepower. Like a this is what, what you do.
2: Yeah. This is what you do. Man, you go up there to uh, to uh, uh, Harbor Freight mm-hmm. and you get one of those nine horse Predator motors. Yes. Uh-huh. And you stick that jerker on there. Okay.
3: You know what I'm
2: saying? That then you can, the exactly. right. you can put the bones in. Exactly.
3: You put the bones, shrimp heads, whatever right. you want. <laughs> Burns burn, burn three <laughs> gallons a minute.
0: <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so you know what? We're going to do this again. Um, it's break time. Time for us to take our first break of the hour. Uh, today we're looking for your home improvement questions. We have Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. So if you have a heating problem, we got your pro here today. Uh, also, you know you're going to need air conditioning on Saturday, so I might want to ask about that, too. Um also, we're taking your emails. Fixit101 at MPBOnline.org. You can call us at 877 MPB. Ring that's 877 672 7464. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk with the Electrical Safety Foundation International about proper electrical safety tips for the holidays. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Uh, and Mr. Dale Moore from Affordable Solutions is out this week, but we'll be back next. And, uh, what's this, this morning is Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies here to help out. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464 or send an email to Fix It 101 at MPB online dot org real quick fellas uh we've got laura on the line in collierville and uh her dishwasher's making some sounds and having a little issue with cold water what's going on laura
4: well um a couple of nights ago the water stopped getting hot it was just lukewarm and it was making weird noises and then last night i had it on before i went to bed and i woke up and it was making
2: this really loud <laughs> <laughs> It sounded like a trans source coming going through the phone <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was
4: little to no water
2: oh, man. And so is it worth even
4: getting somebody out
2: to look at it or should if, if, if the water is only getting lukewarm so a lot of people you know that they, they they can hook it up to the cold or the hot you know yeah. me personally i'd rather hook it up to the hot water you know Nine times of ten it's not gonna fill it up full of hot water because you got, you know, cold water in the line, you know, from where it doesn't cool it off or whatever. But um, if it's coming out lukewarm, it sounds like it almost sounds like your heating element now the bottom has probably right. went out, so it's only giving you lukewarm coming through the hot line, you know, into the tub or the actual dishwasher itself. But the noise is <laughs> <it's> the <laughs> That's a well. That's think, a good noise. I think
3: she said too that it, it, it wasn't it wasn't getting enough water. Did did I hear that correctly? That is correct. So maybe mm-hmm. the pump is going out, which would make a which well, would make a, a sound.
2: It's a fill line. You know, it's a cylinder with a fill line. That it can it's got a screen in there, just like your washer and dryers do. You know, okay. a little screen in the back. Take the line off of that. Yeah, it's actually, right, So it could be now, dirty. It could now be, it could uh, be uh, another
3: important question that we have not asked: how how old is the dishwasher?
4: Uh, I wish I could tell you. We bought the house
2: uh, five years ago. Change it. Know. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. If it, if it, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they they don't make things yeah, no, at all and, like they and, used No, and
3: I mean, five, six years? Folks, yeah, so, so. we had a are conversation talking, a on this one show one
0: time. We had a conversation with Timmy about what folks are to expect. And, I, you know, let's do that just real quick. Mm. What is a person to expect from a refrigerator now?
2: Your first year, if you don't have any problems with it, you're going to have it on the second year. Really? Yeah. It's it's, it's that bad. Really? Wow, That bad. How long should you expect it to last? You're making me guess here. You know, I mean, five to seven years, I mean, you're going to, that's, you know, I would expect it's the big wow. yeah, the, it's the life. Yeah, that's true. It's too expectancy. much to spend
0: on something for five to seven you look, years. You look at
2: like it's right. You go buy your dishwasher for 400, 500 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You know, just say the first two years you did good and it lasted, you know. And the third year, let's just say the... The pump goes out, or sure. the, the circuit board goes out, something mm-hmm. like that. Well, a normal repairman is that's probably going to be a two-hour deal because one, they got to come over and diagnose it, then they got to go okay, over and got to buy the part.
3: The, that's an automatic two hundred dollars right yeah,
2: there. This, this, that, mm-hmm. right there, and then just say the part costs you a hundred bucks. Okay, now cheap.
3: N- n- now we're three hundred with no markup right. yet. Mm-hmm. I, I can go buy a new refrigerator for, I mean, a, a dishwasher new, a dishwasher for three hundred bucks. Yeah,
2: you know? yeah. So, so I mean, you kind of think of it, you know. The, the, that's, this is where your money management comes in. you, so you kind of think of it like okay, well, I've already got this much money into it is it going to be worth having another part go out in the next two years and then now I could have went and bought me another and
3: one. is this a is this a top-of-the-line dishwasher? Is it is it stainless steel inside? Is it, the, is it a
2: plastic? Yeah, most of so. the stuff that, you know, whenever you buy a brand-new house, I mean, there is, it's, I'm not going to call it a builder grade and degrade you by any means, but, I mean, they do have, you know, decent stuff, but even that decent stuff isn't going you to know, work. That's right.
3: That's right. Yeah. So, I, so, you know, ho- hopefully... Talking and in, this, in circles, we've convinced you that you probably need a new yeah. one.
2: And this is one of those, you know, do-it-yourself kind of deals. I mean, y'all can pull the dishwasher sure. out yourself yes. and hook a line up to it and hook mm-hmm. the electrical up to it and shove it back in the hole and pop two screws in the top. You know, it's real simple to do. It's right. not hard at all. Well, there well, you Santa go. Santa Claus
4: is coming to town pretty soon. Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. That's right. Yes,
0: that's right. Santa Claus wins. I love Santa Claus. Santa God Claus bought you. me a toolbox already. All right. <laughs> Yay, Sandy. Hi guys. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. You know what, real quick, we're going to go ahead and take Connie and Brandon, and she has a tub that's overflowing. What's going on, Connie? Yes, uh, my house on.
4: is uh, 30 years, about 30 years old, and we have one of those uh, marble tubs and a big, I forget what they call them, the big tubs. And uh, when I fill it uh, to, to take a bath, I never really worry about it overflowing because of the lever that has that overflow, you know, and the water seems to go through. That little lever in, mm-hmm. I used to think that 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 water overflowing was going into some kind of pipe down behind the tub.
3: Mm, it is. It's supposed to. It it's is called a waste it's not, and overflow. No,
2: but you got It's gotta, not
4: going under the tub. Uh,
2: it can, but if that little rubber grommet, you know, right. comes, you know, loosens up or you know over time or whatever, you could tighten up those two screws in the front of it, you know, and help try to squeeze it to the you know tub again. That's a good point.
3: But but, but yeah, that that. That tube on the overflow, the waste is the drain. It's called a waste and overflow. So that overflow tube is connected to the drain.
4: Okay, okay, but could have. I just noticed uh, the the wall adjacent to the tub is. It looks like it kind of damp and. Uh, okay,
3: it's leaking. It's uh-huh. leaking. Okay. Um. So, so I would
4: have a plumber look at the uh,
3: overflow? Yeah, this is this is probably above the normal yeah. weekend warrior. Right, uh, yeah, your so, yeah. handyman
0: might not work here.
3: But you just mentioned something. The wall adjacent to that, it, you can see moisture. So that tells me it's sheetrock, I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, which is an easy fix. Cut the sheetrock out. That waste and overflow can be replaced, so, you know, without pulling the tub, of course. So.
4: Uh-huh. Okay.
3: But, yeah, get a pro. I would. Oh,
4: okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just worried that maybe the 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 ground or uh, underneath the tub was getting so wet that it's, you know, creating it, conditions for mold and such. It, it very
3: Definitely well can. could be if you're, you know. Sure. <laughs> critters, yeah. so. I don't like a critter. <laughs> But yeah, I think this is above our, on a 1 to 10 hammer scale, you're probably a 6. Right. You know, so I want to let the pros do it. Yeah. Okay.
4: <laughs> okay, thank you for your help.
3: All right, thanks, Connie. All right, Do you guys
0: decorate for Christmas? Decorate yet? Man, look, I, you know we what? We did. This is, well, this is yeah, what I got. We
2: did. I got a, a lighted up. Polar bear, and yeah. you know, if you look at my business card, it's got a polar bear on it there. Does. And I go in there and I stick it in the wall, mm-hmm. and it's a polar bear in the front of y'all. You are kidding. Me. <laughs> and that's the only thing <laughs> nice. that I got. So I'm advertising out there. I'm advertising my own Because it's a polar bear. Oh, polar that's, that's your logo. His hey, name is you, Chili, and he will throw snowballs like you can believe.
3: Right. You can probably take that off on your taxes somehow. I did. did you guys. Did you? <laughs> insane. The other day, you have listen, a man, chance in. <laughs> you listen, guys.
0: A Snowballs Chance jungle. in Mississippi. There you go. <laughs> the other day I talked to uh president of the Electrical Safety Foundation International, Brett Brenner, and um, talked about being safe for the holiday season when it comes to electricity from holiday decorations to new tech gifts and, uh, you know, from your shady uncle. We, uh, we started our conversation when I asked him what would be his first tip when getting ready to pull up this year's Christmas lights.
5: I think the main thing is inspecting things before you use them. You know, most people, if they're anything like myself or human nature at all, um, you have Christmas decorations out that you kind of just throw back into a box. You're not really thinking how you store them. Right. And so as you're pulling those cords and extension cords out and everything else, just kind of inspect them and make sure you're, you're running your hand along the, the cord and make sure there's not, no issues with it. Make sure there's no slices or breaks in the cord. And every once in a while, you know, you got to replace the stuff, too. It's not meant to last forever. I mean, it's amazing how long this stuff does last for it. But if you remember, you're putting it outside in, in, in the elements, and things can really go wrong if it's not operating correctly. Wow.
0: Understood. Uh, that's something I've not thought of. And, and, you know, at the end of the year, once the holiday is over and you take those things down, it really is a pain to recoil everything back up. So you really do kind of wad it up and throw it back out of the box for next year and think well i 'll figure it out next year or get new ones
5: I, I think that 's an excellent point in the fact that you know most of the fires that we 're seeing actually home fires and those kind of things we 're actually seeing after the after the, the Christmas holidays celebrated because people are kind of out of out of, out of thought out of mind and they 're not you know watering their Christmas trees and taking care of things like they normally do they 're just kind of letting it ling- uh, linger along, and that 's usually once the problems pop up as well
0: wow i 'm going to ask you a couple of questions here, top of mind that I've always wanted to ask someone, how many strings of light can I string together at once?
5: So with the new technology and LED bulbs, it's kind of changed the answer. So the old incandescent bulbs that we're used to growing up, most Mm -hmm. people listening, you never want to put more than three strands of lights together. Um, When you get to LEDs, you can get pretty creative with them because the energy use is um, is not that great. So you can you can go 10 to 15 strands, technically, when you start looking at some of the directions. But, you know, wow. it just depends. Um, explain the
0: extension cord. Now, that I, when I go to my home store and look at extension cords, there's 15 to 20 different types of different thicknesses and lengths and colors. What, what would I use as an outdoor extension cord for, let's say, I've got a bunch of lights and inflatables?
5: So what you're going to look for is uh, most of the time they're going to have a tag on them that hopefully hasn't come off um, that says it's outdoor rated. Uh, that's number one. Number two, it depends on where you live and how cold it gets. The thickness of that wire uh, does two things. Number one, the thicker it is, the more robust it is. Um, but typically it also has some stabilizer in it, in it, which allows the the cord or the protective rubber on the outside not to, not to break under extremely cold conditions. And so it depends on how cold you are. Um, you got to look at the manufacturer's recommendations and see how those, how those are going to hold up outside. Um, you know, extension cords are for temporary power. That means that, you know, they are only supposed to use them for 30 days. So holidays is a perfect example. Typically, you put them up right around Thanksgiving, let them run through Christmas, that's fine, but they're not meant for permanent power. So if you've got things that you're using um, extension cords for, for permanent power, you really need to reassess and say, do I need to figure out what else I need to do here because this is more of a permanent power situation that these extension cords are not meant to hold up over time.
0: I want to ask you one last question. and This one's kind of a doozy, and it comes really on December 26th mainly. But uh, with people giving and receiving more and more electrical tech gifts through the holidays, how important is it to have a label showing it was tested properly? Now, last year, those hoverboards, remember, really popular, but many were catching on fire because they weren't certified.
5: Yeah, so I mean, what we're seeing, and it can be, it can be outright something that was made. Um, it will be called counterfeits in the industry, where they're just faked and they're just put out there. So if you're you're buying a charger or something else for your your telephone or computer or something like that, you want to get a second or a third one. So you go online you find the cheapest option available. Well, most of the time those things are not certified by somebody to say they're fire and um, shock safe. Um, so people are kind of going around a system that, that was around. So the online industry has basically opened up Pandora's box that you don't know what you're getting. Um, and it might look really good and they might say it's safe, but nobody's tested it to make sure that, in fact, is the case. So it's just kind of, you know, if it's too good to be true, you might want to think twice before you purchase them or the price just doesn't add up. I mean, there's a reason why electronics are typically more expensive because a lot of, you know, thought has to go into how they're designed. Um, but most importantly, the raw materials that go into them, like copper and everything, all the metals that go inside of that, those plugs and stuff, there's a kind of a fixed cost. You can only get so low in cost. And so, you know, I don't necessarily agree that you have to go out and buy a $25, you know, charger for your phone, but, but those things are going to be a heck of a lot safer typically than something you get for a dollar online. And so it's just, you know, use common sense, trust your gut, and make sure you're looking at some of the labels. Those labels sometimes will tell you all you need to know.
0: Thank you, Brett Brenner, president of the Electrical Safety Foundation International. This has been very informative, very educational at this time, and we can can really use the help this time of year. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. There you go. Well, uh, Brett, it's time for another break. And when we come back, we're going to continue looking for your home improvement questions and what projects you are working on this time of year. So stay tuned and uh, give us a call. Questions, comments, just tell us what project you're working on. Number is 877 mpb ring that's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Um, Davis, we're going to get your call here in just a second. And uh, thanks. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877 672 7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MBB Think Radio. This time of uh, year, you are visiting friends and family, and this is Fixit 101. I'm glad that you guys are listening. And our realm, friends and family, because this is Fix it 101. We're here, and it's time to get your question answered. For, what? Look, what? Tim? <laughs> 877. I just, uh, he's
2: he's dying laughing back there. Oh, he's
0: la- he's laughing at me because I completely missed my cue and then didn't read the right thing. If he had so.
2: been laughing any harder, than would been Spongebob tears splat right. on that
0: thing <laughs> on man. Oh, big tear for Spongebob. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, that when really yeah, he cries. Yeah, yeah, we it's need like, to have a moment of silence. We for do for Spongebob yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you know what we're talking about? Uh, the, uh,
3: yeah, the creator. Yeah, Jerry uh, Bob, He yeah. passed away yesterday. Yeah,
0: yeah Jerry Um, Okay, so here we go. We got somebody on the line right now. It is David, and he's got an issue with a heater in his home. What's going on, David? Hey, good morning. Love,
1: love the show. Just want to get that out. Hey, thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I am uh, renting a little house in Oxford. It's about 1,000 square feet, and it's got a, a central air and heat unit. The air seemed to work fine when I moved into it in August. And, uh, you know, on these cold nights, you know, over the past week or so, the heater has just been working hard, 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 you know, just trying to, to get up to the low setting I set it at. You know, I put it at something reasonable, like around 66 for the night, and it just never makes it up. Above really? 61,
0: wow. 62. Is there a giant hole in the side of your house somewhere uh, the
3: door opens right <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: right oh, man
2: right. that that right. sounds like uh, yeah. yeah most of the time in Mississippi, any part of Mississippi you're in most of the time our heat is overheated, yeah. you and know, we have too much heat in Mississippi, you know, as far as uh, the installations, but is it a gas one or an electric one? you know that
1: I don't know um could- couldn't tell you well right,
3: if this do you well well
1: Probably electric, because everything else in the house
3: seems to
2: be running on electric. If this if electric, I would say you, you probably you probably either get a heat pump or right. a straight electric system. The heat pumps, you know, whenever it gets down in the 30s, it's going to be hard for the heat pump to heat your house. So you, there's a way to set uh, the thermostat up where it will automatically kick in the heat strips for secondary heat to help heat the house if your heat pump's not keeping up.
0: That's on the thermostat uh-huh. side? Well, so it's just
2: the way you have to actually wire the thermostat and then set the thermostat settings on it. Oh, so you know, I could I could walk you through it, but I would lose you on step one. It, you know, it's a little complicated.
3: But could, could he have a bad thermostat?
2: It could. I mean, you know, it, it's it sounds like if it's all electric, you know, it's just like one of his heat strips has been cut right. out. Right. You know, if it's right. a heat pump, you're going to have that problem until you get your, your get it set up where you can go to emergency. Does your thermostat have emergency the heat setting on it?
1: That I don't know either, actually. Like I mentioned, I'm, I'm renting this house. Mm. And, uh, and the thermostat, the pretty central place, um, yeah. but, you know, it, it, it feels as silly as it says
5: or pretty right. darn
2: close well, Definitely, it. Definitely make sure you're checking your, you know, filter. Make sure your filter's not dirty because that's also going to help, you know, mess it up. But, you know, it sounds like it's either going to be a heat pump or all-electric system. And if it's all-electric, one of your heat strips may be out if it's a heat pump you know, it's getting too cold and still if it's set up where I, like I'm talking about, then it still sounds like maybe one of your heat strips is out. Okay. It could be a sequencer out, it could be a heat strip burnt, could be a limit holding it back from coming on. I mean it could a lot be of a wire. Time. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of different stuff. But it sounds like know. uh
0: someone needs to show up and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. Can... Well uh appreciate it uh David that was uh that was right on for today. The one thing I will say by the way as the as like the just guy that does stuff on the weekend before you call anybody if you have a thermostat that looks like it could take batteries please check it.
2: Yeah.
3: Check it that's a that's a good point. That's Very a,
2: good point. That's a lot of our calls. It, it will not
3: work if the batteries go out. This I is promise right. you. This is true. <laughs> and if they go low it starts
0: acting weird. That's right. It does.
3: Yeah. yeah. So May as that's well check it. Point. It's worth the that's money a, to check the batteries. Jason, <laughs> no. that's a good point. No.
0: All right. Uh, number to call calls, 877-MPB-RING. Let's go, let, you know, let's stay in Oxford and uh, talk to Dexter. What's going on, Dexter?
4: Hi. I have a two-part question. I hope you can get to the second question. First question is, um, there's a product where you can um, put in leaking freon system called uh, AC Leak Freeze. is made by Rectoseal. I
1: was
2: wondering if you believe that it works and do not work. It, that uh, I've had it more. It looked like it has, and it looks like it hadn't. Uh, it depends on how big the leak is. If it's a big leak, it's not going to seal it. You know, if it's a smaller leak, when I'm saying smaller, I'm talking about like you got to you know fill it up maybe once a year, once every two years. All right, it'll, hang, it'll hang on just fine. a second.
0: Let's explain this to everybody else who's trying to catch up. The, uh is there what are we trying to do stop a leak of some sort A
2: a refrigerant leak in a coal
0: in in an air conditioning system okay
2: all right so you know it can work you know but if it's a really big leak where you're having to fill it up more than once a year then it's not going to work it's because it might slow it down but eventually all it does what it does when it comes through and whenever that that uh chemical meets air it crystallizes over the top of the leak so you kind of think of it like a piece of super glue on top of a desk and then you dump it off whenever it dries you know you get too much pressure
0: built up on it something like that pops off it's gonna pop off yeah. all right um what was the other question dexter
4: and the second question is that if you overcharge a mini split with a 410a how harmful is that
2: how harmful is the 410
4: no how harmful if you overcharge Four, four, ten, A, and A. Mini. mini
2: splits are kind of tricky. I mean, those you really want the charge on them pretty, pretty dead on. But some of them do have accumulators in it where it holds a little extra refrigerant. If you overcharge it, you know, five, six, seven ounces, something like that, it'll probably be fine. But um, you really do need
0: most mini splits dead on. You For guys me. could have been speaking Mandarin. Swear, yeah. really. Yeah. don't <laughs> know. I have no clue what you're talking about. No. But cool, I appreciate you answering the question. Yeah, man. Does that help out, Dexter?
3: Yeah, thank you very much. Great, yeah. thanks,
0: man. I'm glad we answered that. I no, couldn't have told too. you if we did or not. Yeah, but
3: you know. that that was that, a good job, Timmy. Yeah. I was going to tell him the <laughs> same thing. I'll try to. You just jump in well, there I'll before try. I could. <laughs> it's <laughs> one you. of those
2: things, man. I mean, you got to go off subcooler whenever you're when you're you know, especially on a on a um, on a split because they have uh, electrical type. St- th- uh-huh. Thermal Expansion. So we're still on.
0: What's a mini split?
2: So, a yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. little wall hangers, yeah. man. Yeah. Some wall hangers.
2: I can't get all the words out of my mouth quick right. enough, man. I do not have enough Red Bull this morning.
0: All right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. <laughs> That's 877-672-7464. You can also send an a email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's go to one of those right now. Um, here we go. A question from... No, I think that's the same question that we did a little bit earlier. We'll okay. go to another one. Garbage disposal. How difficult is it to remove a garbage disposal? asks uh, Mary. It's not hard.
2: No, Jeff. Would you like to take this one?
3: Yeah, it, it is not hard at all. There's right. a, there's a. Um, you guys are saying that. <laughs> there's a ring, as a ring, and it takes a a bent tool that comes with the disposal. Uh, Put the tool in there, turn it counterclockwise. Disposal will actually fall Fall off. uh, Make sure you undo the pipes before you do this. Right. So, very very, electrical first. Yeah, very simple to remove, very simple to install. Um, One thing I I would like to add if, if you have a dishwasher, there's a little of a spot where that hose hooks up to the disposal. Make sure you run the hose on the top of the dishwasher prior to putting it into the disposal.
2: It's got a, it's what they call a gravity
0: leap.
3: Okay. Yeah. Good point. A
0: gravity loop. So it works the same as like regular plumbing. I mean, it kind of goes down and then back up again.
2: Yeah, the reason why they put the gravity loop in there is it works the same thing as a P-trap. So, uh-huh. you know, if it does get sewer gas, you know, back right. in there, the gravity loop stops the sewer gas from getting in the dishwasher because you're going to smell it come out of the dishwasher. Right. So, uh, and if you take the disposal completely out and you put a new you know, basket strainer in the sink, you got to get a tailpiece that has that little fork that comes off of it that you can hook your, dis- your right. dishwasher up to it. And then they make a little elbow that you can reattach back to the line that came off. I'm getting- I want
0: both of you guys to hear this. You so, just told this lady it's going to be easy.
3: Yeah. It is. It's very simple. It, it is. It it is. Uh, and then now, another good point take a screwdriver and a hammer and knock the little plastic piece out, out of, of where the, the out of where the hose hooks up if you don't you're going to have a flood <laughs> you're going to have kitchen. a flood <laughs> okay
5: all
3: right
0: it's approximately a 3 gallon flood but it depends right on- <laughs> right right, right. 877mpb ring that's 8776727464 let's go to mailful with uh, Alan. He's got a gas fireplace <laughs> looking repair. at the screen. Man. I do, too. I, know. I do, I know. too. Uh, so, Alan, what's going on with your uh, fireplace?
1: Yeah, so the pilot light wasn't staying lit, so I uh, watched some videos, and I started troubleshooting, used my meter to check out the multi-mini-voltage of the uh, thermopile thermocouple.
2: That's a very hard and, thing to do.
1: And the thermopile from the video I watched was way low, which made a lot of sense. But then, when I went to re- look at replacements, I saw that there's all kinds of ranges. So, how do I know what range mine is supposed to be well, in? Well,
2: th- I can tell you this right here. Whenever you're checking minivolts on a thermopile, you have to have the uh, the flame, you know, the little pilot flame on there. So, if you have a dirty pilot tube and it's not getting cool. the, thermoco- the thermopile or the thermocouple hot enough, then it's not going to give you the correct millivolts. Yep. Okay,
0: okay, guys. Right. All right. Look, I, I, man, the science is awesome. <laughs>
2: <It's not laughs> right. You're leaving us behind. Oh, look, so so the, the look, you know, you got the the little pilot that sticks out. Usually, yeah. it's about that long. Yeah. Usually, mm-hmm. there's a, one is called a thermocouple. That's what actually mm-hmm. keeps the pilot valve open to keep the pilot lit. Okay. Then you have a thermal pile that cuts on the main valve that lets the fire come all the way out of the fireplace. Okay. So whenever that that flame when it comes out. It's got to touch both thermopile and thermocouple oh, to keep ya. it. So whenever it's, when it's doing that, that's what causes the millivolts to keep the valves open. So if it's not getting hot enough, mm-hmm. that it's never giving you the correct millivolts. Yeah. So one, it could be just a dirty pilot tube. you. You take the pilot tube off, take a little crescent wrench, pop it off, take your compressed air in a can, blow it through there and clean it out real good. Hook it yep. back up, try it. If you got a two-inch pilot, then you're good. If it's still not working after that... Strong sir
1: the, the flames coming out strong there was a little bit of uh, dirt on the thermocouple and the thermopile so i cleaned those off sanded them off got them looking great and right the flames coming out strong on
2: them okay so, well if that's the case then you're definitely going to have to get you another assembly for it um those you have to get a model number off of that fireplace or off that burner and then you, there's a couple of places i don't know where, where does he live out Is it Memphis? Memphis? Memphis. I don't know anybody up there. But you could probably Google, you know, some sort of fireplace repair, you know, and it might give you a company name up there, and they should be able to give you, like you give them the model number and the serial number of it, and they should be able to tell you which one it is. Or just take it off. Usually it's just that, you know, one gas line, and it's got a striker hooked to it, I think. You just unplug the striker. It's got a screw on there. Just take it off
0: and take it up there, and they should be able to match it up. Alright, well, we appreciate it there, uh, Alan, uh. <laughs> You guys are awesome. It really. gets deep, man. It, it does deep. get deep quickly. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about, like, turning a doorknob or something when we come back. Wow. Just something, you know, like, really. Or maybe pick a lot with a 2 Right. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Let's get down there. At Christmas time. That's great. That's right. It's time for our last break of the hour. You can call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at 877 MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit one hundred one at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein. Here with contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Our good friend Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies is in this morning. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We're going to talk to Angela now in Alabama. She has some AC problems. What's going on, Angela? Angela, are you with us? I'm with you. All right, there you go. What's going on? Uh,
6: I have a, I guess it's called a heat pump uh, um, because it heats and cools the house. Uh, and um, I'm a snowbird. I'm not here in the summer, but I have my uh, air conditioning set for, at 83 degrees. And apparently it's been leaking. Uh, there was a puddle on my uh, laundry room floor, and they said, uh, my neighbor said the wall was damp. Now... My question is, um, should I... The heating is working fine. Should I wait until the weather warms up and uh, the air conditioning is working to have somebody look at it, or what?
2: Yes, ma'am, I would, because, I mean, it it could be a couple of different things and then they're going to want to put you know they have the thing running water coming through it and all that to find out exactly where it's leaking now i mean you can probably figure it out pretty easily but if it's a heat pump i mean it's an electric air handler it's electric yeah yeah, nine times out of ten it's going to be a p-trap you know that's clogged up on there Uh, they have a three-quarter inch p-trap and you know most time you just crack it loose blow it out you know but uh, it could be a, a unit unlevel or something like that but
6: yeah, the unit is 12 years old, so uh, is that, uh, that that doesn't mean
2: I need a new one or anything. Well, that's not horrific. No, no. no. There's say a lot of 20-year-old systems I mean, out there. There's a bunch of people out there, you know, once it gets past the warranty, you know, they're saying go ahead and change it out, but... I'm one of those guys. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. Okay,
4: so
6: I I wait till maybe April when I put the air conditioning uh, when uh, on and have somebody come and check it then.
2: Yes, ma'am. That'd probably be your best bet.
6: Thank you so much for your help. Yes, ma'am. Bye.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Angela. Eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go real quick back to the email because I wanted to hit uh, – this is this is really neat. Heat pumps. Timothy, uh, what is your opinion of electric heat pumps? This uh, Timothy asks, uh, I have a heating system that uses the heat pump until the temperature gets down to around 25, and then it switches to gas. The heat pump never seems to put out enough heat. It's just a characteristic. Is that just a characteristic of heat pumps? What's the better options?
2: That is a definitely a characteristic of heat pumps. Um, if, if That's what you call a dual fuel system is whenever you have gas backup for a heat pump instead of having electric backup for a heat pump. Those are some expensive systems, but uh, and le- is it a propane? Is it safe? if it's propane or it gas? Does it. If it says, it's pro- by the way,
0: I live in Illinois. All mm. then.
2: That changes things. That does change. I don't know exactly how they do things up there. But if it's natural gas, I mean, I wouldn't use a heat pump. I'd use the gas. I mean, here, gas is cheap. I don't know what it looks like up there. Right. Dual fuel systems are cool, and there's a lot of people that put them in. I'm not a big fan of them just because gas is cheap here. There's no sense in using a heat pump whenever I can have a $90 gas bill
0: versus a $150 heat pump bill. You you see what I'm saying? Because of the energy that might burn. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right, thanks for, uh, well, thanks for sending in the email. Let's go to the phone real quick, and Kathleen's on the line in psycho. What's going on, Kathleen?
4: Well, I, I just wanted to give a comment. A lot of times when there are people calling in for the show, mm-hmm. even if it gets a little complicated, I always listen because I never know when I'm going to have to talk to a repairman or a contractor or whatever. Mm-hmm. At least I have some idea of what they may do. Before That way I can say, okay, do you have to replace five parts or four parts and at least have some kind of idea, their realm of experience by some of the questions I ask? That's a great point. Your show, very, very educational, and I learn from it every time. Even if I don't call in, I'm
0: listening. All right. Thanks, Kathleen. We appreciate it. All right. Let's go to uh, John in Mobile. Have we got any calls? for? Yeah. We we got to call it one time today from Mississippi, right? Because they're all seem to be coming one. from Oxford. Alabama and
3: Tennessee. Oxford. And, yeah, Oxford. There we go. We had two, two. two well, from We've right done now. such a good job in Mississippi. We have everyone educated. <laughs> right. That's it. Now I Alabama
0: it. and Tennessee want some. It. Right. It's right. It, all it, right, it,
3: Johns it. in Mobile. What's going on, man? Uh, good morning, Jason. Um, I'm researching window air conditioners, and I've come across something that I've never seen before, uh, window units that also heat. I guess they have something like a baseboard heater built in so that they can you know, do service in both the hot season and the cold season. I'd like to know from your guest, um, what does he think of something like that? I think it's fairly new.
2: I don't know exactly how long they've been out. Uh they they're, they work exactly the same way as a heat pump, you know. So, you know, whenever during the the winter time when you use it, it just reverses the flow of refrigerant so you're actually getting the heat from the condenser coil coming inside and the cool air that normally would go inside outside. Um they're they run off 220 volts. You know, you're going to have a weird looking plug to plug into it, you know, but uh oh. or, or or hardwire.
3: Yeah, the larger one. Yeah, but they, you know, yeah, I mean, they work, you know. You know, I've got them in my uh, cabin at the country, and uh, just simply because we don't have gas. Mm -hmm. So, um, But I I don't have an issue with them at all. I like them. They do work very well. Sounds like a good uh, endorsement there, John. Oh, great. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thanks. All right, uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So what are you guys planning to fix through the holidays? Do you have any uh, honey
3: I think we're doing turkey, probably. Ham?
0: No. Fixing. Are you fixing anything? Not oh, fixings.
2: only thing I know that I have to do <laughs> right now is put my polar bear
0: out.
2: Put your polar bear yeah, out. Yeah, put my polar bear yeah. out. You know, not really fix- chili. Chili. Yep.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we had to, we had to uh, uh, the dogs. You know, we had a lot of rain at my house for a while there. So the dogs, uh, I built a deck a couple of years ago, so the dog wouldn't have so much mud to run through before they ran into the house. You know, so they That's had to go on a deck. A good idea. The the it's great, but I had to go and uh, the other day I had to go and literally wash off the deck. Because wow. of all the mud that had ended up on the wood. But that's yeah. great because it wasn't in my house. True. It's true. So very true. That's always been a trick for us is like how much space can you get between the grass so and we, the we door? Have
2: a, we have a, a screened-in porch. You know, and what my dogs like to do, instead of uh, going through the door, they like jumping through the screen. Huh? And then they come out there and they get my, my porch all muddy.
0: That's adventurous.
2: Know, so I can just take my water right. hose and spray it through, and I don't have to use the door no more. I can just <laughs> walk through the screen.
0: Right, yeah. All right. We've only got a couple of minutes, or we've only got a minute here, so I'm going to do some rapid fire for you. Okay. You ready, Timmy? Let's go. Oh, is Chad online? Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and do Chad. Chad's in Brandon, uh, thermostat, battery, and fireplace. What's going on, Chad?
5: All right. So uh, I have a question. I was thinking about swapping out my present thermostat, which is battery powered uh, with maybe one of those Nest uh, thermostats. Uh, Currently, I was curious exactly how hard it is to sit there and replace the thermostat wire to run it to where I could hook up 12 volt aux- auxiliary wires so that I wouldn't have to keep buying new batteries. First question.
2: That is, uh, if you when you buy a Nest, they actually have a a guide in there that you can use to. Um, uh, hook it up but you will have to go inside the furnace or the air handler or whatever you got in order to change some wiring because you're going to steal your green wire which is your fan wire because you don't really need it you know most of the time but on a gas furnace now on a electric one you know you're gonna be a little bit different that
0: that help you out chad
1: yeah,
2: that helps. Uh, but they
0: do have the the guide in there, though. All right. Well, you're going to have to send us an email for that second question. I'm so sorry. We're literally out of time. Um, but but send it anyway. The the email is fixit101mpbonline.org, at mpbonline.org, and of course, you'll hear us answer it. Fix 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the Generous Contributions. From listeners like you, our show is co- is produced by Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. And for Jeff Sammons, Timmy McClendon, and the absent Dell. Yeah, Dell's gone today. Here we go. Had to get it in my head. All right, and for Jeff, Timmy, Dell, and me, stay tuned for Everyday Tech with Michelle McAdoo and join next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.